You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I don't usually talk to founders or presidents of skincare brands or cosmetics brands, but I love Supergoop so much, and I was so impressed with Amanda's background. They actually reached out to me to have her on the show, and I knew she was from New York. You know, I research all of my guests beforehand, so it's a good conversation, but I actually didn't even know that we went to the same school until we began the interview. She was like, I think you went to the same school as me. So that was really cool. We didn't overlap, but she is so smart. She is so about her business, and you guys will hear immediately from when she speaks. And Amanda also has this really great background as an investor with her experience in private equity. So I wanted to understand what are investors looking for when they decide whether or not they're going to invest in the next big beauty brand? Supergoop has taken, I mean, meteoric rise. She's been the president of Supergoop for three years. We spend a lot of time talking about sunscreen and SPF, my favorite skincare tip of all time. So it was great to just nerd out on sunscreen with someone. But we also talked a lot about building a brand and brand DNA. And as we were talking, it really made me think about the brand of this show and what's on brand for Naked Beauty. And I don't talk to a lot of like executives um, because I've always been very clear that this show is not about selling things. But if it's a company that I believe in and I feel like there is value to you all as listeners, then I think I'm open to it. And I think that the brand DNA of Naked Beauty is honesty, transparency, and hopefully listening to the show, you will learn something. But I also help that listening to the show makes you feel something, that it makes you see possibilities where maybe you thought there weren't. I, growing up, didn't even really consider a career in beauty, but that's also maybe because I didn't hear women speak about it with so much passion and intelligence the way Amanda does. So yeah, the brand of Naked Beauty is talking to women I admire, period. And those who have been on this journey with me know that that means all types of women. But I'm also excited for this to expand and evolve over time. For the new listeners, welcome. But one of the things that I love about the new listeners is you guys do not stay new listeners for long because you go back and literally listen to every single episode I've ever published in the past three years in a month and just binge it all. So you you know, we get very well acquainted very quickly. So we're all family here. Thank you guys for joining me on this journey. This September marks three years of me doing Naked Beauty, which is just absolutely incredible to me because the time has flown by. 
I talk to women all the time that are thinking about starting a podcast. Just start it. Do it. If you want to do anything, just put it out into the world and just keep doing it. And there are no shortcuts. And this is one of the things that my guest, Amanda, and I really, really like share a firm belief in this. There are no substitutes for hard work. You guys are going to take a lot from this interview. She's just the ultimate boss. And I love learning from Amanda. And I think you guys will too. Enjoy the episode. I'm at Brooke DeVard on all social platforms. At Naked Beauty Planet is the community on Instagram. If you're enjoying the episode while you're listening, take a screenshot, tag me at Naked Beauty Planet. I'll reshare it to stories. Love hearing from you guys. You can always hit me up in the DMs. And if you love the show, please subscribe. There's going to be a new episode every Monday. You don't want to miss out. If you're subscribed already, tell someone else to subscribe. And of course, I always appreciate when you take the time to rate and review the show. All right, let's get into the interview. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm sitting here with Amanda Baldwin, president of Supergoop. Thank you for being on the show. Excited to be here. I think I got the email, I think it was from Kirsten, that like, it was like, hey, we're like fans of the show. We'd love to have Amanda on. And I was like, I'm obsessed with Supergoop. So yes, 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 yes. And then just reading your background, so accomplished. I mean, like you've worked at all these different companies. You've clearly been a hard worker from the beginning. Now that I know you're a Spence girl, it all makes sense. (laughs) It's all clicking. So yeah, I was just excited to have you on. Thank you. Excited to be here. One of the things that I think is so cool about how you've been doing all of these podcasts and talking about your career journey is I think you're showing a lot of people what it takes to get into the industry. And I know you're a big proponent of like working hard, like working hard, doing your homework. So many people want to break into beauty now I think it's like becoming more popular than ever. What what advice do you have for people that are looking to have a career like yours? That's great. Great question. Uh, you know, and beauty has changed so much. When I first landed and got excited about entering the industry, it was back in 2003, 2004. Okay. And it really was an industry that was so hard to break into. Yes. There weren't people with MBAs, certainly not people who had come from Wall Street and actually hid that part of my background really? in most conversations. Okay, wait. So, the, <laughs> so, so you went to Harvard, then you got your MBA at Wharton, and then yeah. you worked at Goldman Sachs and you hid that? Yes. Yeah. Wow. I actually, people were more <laughs> interested in you know talking about, I had worked in the floor of a retail store, and that was actually mostly the focus of some of the conversation or some of the art and design work I had done. I think... You know, really, it was an industry. And I think, you know, you still have to really respect some of the parts of it that are not just about the analytics. And I think that's what I love about it is it has 
the design and the creativity is just as important as the business underneath. Um, and it's really about striking that balance. Uh, I think what's exciting in the industry is that that has changed a lot. I mm-hmm. think there is much more of an appetite for the business side of things. I think marketing has gotten very analytical mm-hmm. and therefore people with analytical backgrounds can fit in really naturally. Yes. Uh, so I think there has been a big shift. But the thing that that got me in the door that I think is still the, the same is just a passion for the category. And I would say that about breaking into any industry is yeah. better know why you're there. Yes. Uh, and be, you know, really know about the brands, know about the inter- workings of what's happening in the industry and the trends and have an opinion about the brand that you're talking about and what you love about it, what you might do differently. I think that to me is the number one sort of thing I love in an interview and the thing that can totally turn me off to someone is if they walk through the door and they don't have an opinion about Supergroup. Absolutely. Or when you get to the end of the interview and you're like, hey, do you have any questions for me? And they're like, um, what time do you guys typically start? And you're like, yeah, that's never that's never this, a good one to ask about the hours. Um, is this really the it's question? Really, you know, everything in life is about passion. I yes. think the best career advice that I think anyone can get is just follow your heart. Yeah. Uh, and the rest seems to take care of itself. So were you always passionate about beauty growing up in New York? I've always been passionate about brands. I, okay. was, I was not someone who grew up raiding her mother's makeup cabinet. Okay. Um, I'm not sure I'm a very good makeup artist, but... I was always passionate about brands. So from a super intellectual level, just curious about why people gravitated towards buying certain products and not others and really believe that that was something that was about an emotional connection Mm -hmm. and not always pragmatic, that you could have the same product, almost identical, being sold by a different retailer. Often, as you know, I grew up before the internet. And there was some reason why people walked through one set of doors and not the others. And that's what I love. I've always been super interested by that as well. Working at Ralph Lauren was such an education in like what it means to build a brand. One of the best in the world, for right? sure. Yeah. Right. There's like a Ralph Lauren blue. Like you, you there's a whole world that's built around Ralph Lauren. Mm-hmm. And of course, from our Spence days, you'll remember like the polo that you wore. It was like either the alligator or like the horse. Like you had to have one or the other. But, it, it, you know, it meant something. I don't think I was that, that clever at that age. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, branding is so much of what kind of drives a lot of decision making. And I know you spent some time at Dior Beauty, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, one of the big LVMH brands that has this like really rich history. How did you think about bringing the history of Dior into the actual like presentation of the product and the marketing of the product? Yeah, I mean, so LVMH is one of the most extraordinary places to work because the appreciation for brand Mm -hmm. is like nowhere else on the on the on earth. Uh, And I think what you really saw is that their time horizon is also hundreds of years. So the decisions are about what is going to create something that is going to be not just big, but big for a long time. Mm. Uh, and you, some things that I learned there, we still talk about at Supergroup, and I've definitely translated, and it's all about this concept of brand DNA. Okay. Uh, you can think about it like you you as a person. Yeah. You have your innate personality. You have who makes you who you are. And every brand, I think every great brand, I don't think every brand, but I think every Every great great brand has something in it that's very unique and distinctive and belongs on this planet. Mm -hmm. And the best brands are ones that know how to take that and constantly evolve it. And and it can stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. So spend a lot of time thinking about how do I, I'm still the same person. I have a five-year-old son. He was who he was 
I now even think in utero now that I know him <laughs> to who he is now. But it doesn't mean he's not growing and changing. But those those things that are a part of him are are still there. And I think brands are no different. Yeah. Uh, so you really that was some of the best education about how to think about that. So a lot of that goes back to what I call a great creation myth or origin story. Mm. I think the best brands, like there's something magical that happens. Mm. I think at Supergoop we have it where how something was created and what that founder, that original person, Mm. they didn't come up with, you know, great brands are not created off of PowerPoint slides. And, you know, you can feel it when a brand was, but usually it's a person with a purpose. Mm -hmm. And Dior was, you know, Mr. Dior was an incredible person. We had all these archives and, you just never ran out of ideas of like, oh, so he had this garden when he was growing up and therefore flowers are important and colors that he, you know, the colors of pink and gray were because that was his childhood home. And you just, you start to get an instinct for these things. Yeah. And it was one of the biggest reasons that I came to Supergoop is because as I talked to Holly and learned about her origin story and how the brand had been created and why she picked the colors that she did and why there was an exclamation point in our name. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is just like that. Um, There's just all these nuggets of gold everywhere, stories to be told. And when you have that much richness in a brand, you never run out of ideas. It's why, you know, you were telling me that you first saw Supergoop in Sag Harbor, and then it was showing up on the mountains when you were skiing. Yeah. That only, you can only do that if a brand has like a lot of rich DNA to work with. Yes. And is the reason for the exclamation mark, I think I read that Supergroup started for kids. Yeah. So the original product, Holly was a teacher and she took her original product into schools along with um, a sort of curriculum around why you should wear sunscreen every day. And turns out that that's a hard business plan, but actually um, was the beginning of a philosophy about education that's mm-hmm. very important to mm-hmm. us in our brand the beginning the beginning of saying i got to make this fun yes. i mean when you think about most people they think of spf and they run screaming in the opposite direction and supergroup become and the experience around supergroup becomes this moment mm-hmm. where all of a sudden oh wait i really enjoy this and if yes. you enjoy something then you do it yes. right and that's sort of the basics of how we think about life so yeah this idea that i had that she wanted to appeal to children She's like, I can't call this sunscreen. Right. And, you know, when you say super goop, we always say, try saying it without smiling. Yeah, absolutely. And all of the listeners know I'm obsessed with the unseen sunscreen. So many people have like heard me rave about it. They've purchased it. They're now completely converted. But it is that thing of like so many sunscreens are difficult to apply. Mm -hmm. They don't spread well. They have a horrible white cast. Like, I think people have been like scarred from really bad sunscreen experiences. So they don't use it, which is shocking to me also from a skincare perspective, like, People are walking around without sunscreen. It stresses me out. But yeah, I mean, it was that was, you know, if you talk about brand DNA, that was my first big reason for joining. And the other was just a passion around SPF because yes. I'd been in the beauty industry for a long time and remember being taught day one, <laughs> sunscreen is the most important thing you can do for your skin. And Period. I would always be like, yeah. so why doesn't everything have SPF? In it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I never got it. Um, you know, so there was destiny um, written in that question way back when. Uh, and, and, and the simple reason is that it is chemistry is very complicated. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to do what we do. That's the sort of what makes us special. But I think when you're motivated by this idea that we have to start getting everybody to wear it every single day, then you you immediately go to a place where the product has to be enjoyable. It has to be good. Uh, And Unseen Sunscreen was a story of us sitting down and saying, what are all the reasons that people can come up with not to wear it? And let's just 
get rid of that answer. So doesn't blend in well. Yep, sorry. Not going to help you there. I don't like the smell. It's totally scentless, weightless, all these things. And, you know, that's certainly easy to make the list, a lot harder to make the product. But that's always what inspires us Mm -hmm. is to figure out why might somebody not be using it and then come up with a product that, yeah, develop from there. That's an interesting entry point. I also love how well it works with makeup. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like my primer. I don't even have a separate primer anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, and, that. and that's definitely, you know, we have a very large and important partnership with Sephora and that client is wearing makeup. So yeah. the idea, if you're going to convince her to wear a sunscreen, then you better have it work well under makeup, right? Absolutely. So that was another thing that was important to us in developing that product. Yeah. And sunscreen being so important to skincare, do you think in the future all beauty products are going to have SPF? And like, do you see like a future state where that's just going to be a given? Probably not, because I think actually the actual challenge around it is is quite complex. As I said, the Mm -hmm. science is hard, the operational aspects of it, it's uh, you have additional testing, it's more expensive, you have lots of regulation to go through. I think it takes a company like ours that yeah. this is all we know. It's your mission. It's yeah. our mission to kind of push through the moments where you're like, oh, it had to be SPF, right? Uh, it, it takes that to do that. And, you know, look, I think what our job is also to play really well with other brands. So we're not saying the only thing you should have in your beauty cabinet is Supergoop. We're just saying, show us your beauty cabinet and let us figure out where SPF is going to best fit in for you. And one of the things that we've been talking a lot about in the office today is that there's more and more people that are using a lot of acids, a lot of retinols, and that that's actually making your skin more sensitive to the sun. So, you know, keep using those, but let's be smart about how about how you're doing it and making sure that you're wearing sunscreen during the day is really important. So, we don't we don't want people to give up the beauty yeah. routines that they know and love. We just think this is a really important piece of it. Absolutely. And you wear sunscreen year round, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Rain or shine. It's a gray day out today, um, but the UVA rays are coming right through. Exactly. So, you know, it definitely yeah. is something that's really, really important. And again, that sort of drives our innovation. So we have a moisturizer that has SPF in it. So if you just want to do one step, that's a really That's easy it, one. Yeah. So for sure, you're around. My dermatologist says, unless you need a flashlight outside, you need sunscreen. <laughs> I might use that line. <laughs> that is a good one. But it's like helpful because, you know, yeah. just because it's overcast doesn't mean the sun's not out doing its thing. Yeah, I think it's sort of one of the things that probably gives people comfort that they, yeah, that they don't need it. And I've certainly had days where I've been outside and think, oh, it's gray. And then I end up with a sunburn. You're like, how did that happen? So, And you're pretty fair. I'm very fair. So I burn really easily. So sunscreen has always been a part of my life. life, Yeah. Never loved it until now. So growing up, were you diligent about sunscreen? Because a lot of people are like, oh, it's too, not too late for me, but a lot of people have been like baking in the sun for years and years. (laughs) My general philosophy about skincare overall is it's never too early, never too late. Yeah. So, you know, there's just no reason to say, oh, I've, I've, I can't catch up. We do know, scientifically speaking, that bad burns when you're a kid have a huge impact on your chances of getting skin cancer. Mm-hmm. So that's why we came out with a kids line this year and, you know, really focused on that early education. But just because you got burns when you're younger doesn't mean you shouldn't start wearing sunscreen now. I mean, your your skin is still vulnerable. Something's still happening to it when it goes out in the sun. So, yeah, I'd say start as soon as you know about it. Start that day. I know. I've been converting my my husband, my brother, my dad. Like they were, we were all on vacation, and they were all just like, 
can I have some more of the sunscreen? <laughs> like they were loving it. Do you like, does your husband and, and son? Oh, yeah. My husband's like my best publicist and, <laughs> uh, for sure. And, you know, I think, you know, back to the, the teacher and the educational origins of this brand, you know, I see in my little guy now that, you know, he'll be like, it's been two hours. I think we should reapply. So you, if you Aww. train young and you get in that mindset, it's like any other healthy habit, right? Totally. You teach our children to brush their teeth, to eat healthy, to look both ways before they cross the street. Our philosophy is that sunscreen is just an easy thing that should be a part of those those things that you learn when you're growing up. Totally. And the thing I love about some of your products, like you have the spray on mm-hmm. sunscreen, mm-hmm. so you don't have to worry about reapplying your makeup. Exactly. And keep going. That's that's my personal favorite, that one. I want to talk a little bit more about your background kind of with like private equity and like yeah. investing in beauty brands, because I feel like, I don't know if you feel the same way, there's like a new brand every single day that's popping yes. up. And a lot of them are founder-led, which is fabulous. And I'm so happy that so many women are entering the beauty space. It's amazing how male-dominated it was. Even if you look in like the early 2000s, 90s, there weren't a lot of like female-founded beauty brands. So it's fantastic. But I would imagine that the market is in a place right now where everyone wants funding and everyone has a story, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's either has a mission attached to their brand, which is great, or they're sustainable or they have kind of like a different angle. And I've seen that as maybe a differentiation point because there are so many brands that people feel like they have to come in with it with an angle. But when you're looking at a company and deciding whether or not to invest, ultimately, what are you looking at? Yeah, this almost gets to the third reason that I came to Supergroup is I put on my investor hat. And I said, you know, is this something that I would invest in? Mm. Because there's no bigger investment than your own career. Uh, And I think, first and foremost, it's about product. Mm -hmm. To me, product has to be very distinctive. Mm -hmm. I think that the lower the barriers to entry, which we do exist in today, mm. I think the higher the barriers to scale. Mm. So I think there's sort of this misunderstanding now that like, oh, anybody can start a brand. But in some ways, that's making it harder to be truly distinctive. So I think mm. there's lots of angles. But is your is your point of view and your angle truly unique? Mm-hmm. Is there a reason why this brand needs to exist. And I think, you know, Holly talks a lot about white space. I love this book called Blue Ocean Strategy Mm -hmm. that the president of Clinique handed me, you know, first or second day on the job. And it's definitely stuck with me. And it's all about like going to the place that hasn't been gone to before Mm -hmm. um, in a way that's very authentic, I think, to that founder. But I think, for example, you know, I'm a big believer in clean beauty, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that it's the biggest revolution that our industry is going to go through. It's going to make social media look like, you know, no big deal. I think this is really, really fundamental change. But I don't think being just clean is enough, right? So that would be a good example Mm -hmm. of where there's just a flood of activity. And that's great. But which of these brands? CBD is another one, right? Oh, my God. Flood of brands. But you can tell the difference between Mm -hmm. the ones that really have an extraordinary product and that the the brand, back to the whole DNA and the aesthetics and the way that it's been created, there's just a there there or not, I think. And it is a little bit of a gut reaction, which probably most investors would not say. They'd go right to the numbers. But sometimes if you're investing really at the early stage, you don't have a lot of numbers and it's really about, you know, what is it? What's the magic in this? Sure. Um, and it's that's a little bit of an instinctual feeling. And then obviously the person behind it is so, so incredibly important because any early stage business is full of ups and downs. 
And I certainly hear the stories of the early days of Supergoop. And it, I mean, it takes guts and I perseverance yeah, to it's been push around through since that. 2007? 2007. Yeah. yeah and, and I've been with the brand for three, three years. years. So yeah. there was, there was a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, and a lot of persistence mm-hmm. before I, before I came on. It's a fabulous product, but also I've seen the rise in the past three years. Like it's, it really has become, it's a household name. You yeah, know, which is hard yeah. to do in a short period of time. It's been ex- super exciting. I think the way that I would explain it is that we've given this brand the team and the marketing that it always deserved. Mm. Uh, and, you know, it's really about team. I mean, we have just a really special group of people who are really motivated by what we're trying to do. And they're just, they're so incredible. I couldn't be more proud to work with everybody on the team. And I think everybody is just, they just dial it up a notch. And I think that's what it takes. But I think we're having a good time too. And, you know, creating a a positive culture and a positive Mm -hmm. working environment and is something that I think about probably more than anything else is just like, how is every individual doing? Mm. Are they learning a lot because I really believe that if you have, you know, A plus players, they want to be growing and, you know, are we giving them the right challenges going forward? Are they having a good opportunity and, and are they enjoying the work? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and that you feel in an office really quickly. hundred percent. I want to go back to clean beauty for a second because it's such, I think it's a confusing term because it's not necessarily something that's regulated. And I know that a lot of times chemicals are demonized, mm. like unnecessarily, like people are like, oh, it's bad. It's chemical sunscreen. And I'm like, just because it says not all chemicals are bad chemicals um, exactly. and not all natural products are necessarily mm-hmm. good. You guys talk about clean chemicals. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of help demystify clean for people? Because yeah. it is it is confusing. It's confusing. It's an ongoing process. And I think that unfortunately, we have to combat some of the conversation out there that is so black and white. I believe there's a lot of gray in a lot of it uh, and that there's plenty of chemical sunscreens out there that I would not put on myself. (laughs) Uh, What are the ingredients that we should look out for to avoid like... So we were the first brand, Holly's the first person to remove oxybenzone from a chemical sunscreen. And if you hear her tell the story early on, I mean, everybody told her she was crazy and that there was no way she was going to get an SPF 50 water resistant formula without it. And so that was back in 2007. And that was foundational and formational to how we think mm-hmm. about it. And the no list then was oxybenzone, parabens, synthetic fragrances, retinol palmitate, a lot of things that were in sunscreens that she took out because she's like, well, this might give somebody a reason not to use it. Mm-hmm. Right? And that no list now is thousands of ingredients. So we... We believe we can always be learning. So we're pulling octanoxate out of all of our formulas. They'll be out by next year. That was a new learning. That was mm-hmm. something we were watching. But we don't think that a world without chemical sunscreens makes sense okay. because, quite frankly, we couldn't create unseen sunscreen out of a mineral formula. Exactly. Right? Minerals are little white particles. There's right. no way if you're buying a product that says invisible mineral, then it just, it doesn't, it's just not true. It's just not In fact, true. it's probably water that's coming out of the can and the minerals have soaked to the bottom. And so mm-hmm. that's one of our biggest fears is that people put on water and then they end up with a you know sun damage. Right. So, you know, we're pretty actively involved in the mm-hmm. conversations to make sure that we're educating our own consumer base, but also educating the broader universe on this mm-hmm. just to make sure that people have the right facts. If you want a mineral formula because you have much more sensitive skin or when we came out with our baby line, that was a non-nano mineral formula, we've got options for you. Right. But 
Chemical sunscreens are required for anything invisible. Super important if you have a darker skin tone. Mm-hmm. Critical if you're an athlete. So a mineral sunscreen sits on the top of the skin and you, your pores don't breathe. Mm. So if you are somebody playing at the U.S. Open, it's like you have to use a chemical formula. So how could we live in a world in which we're saying, yeah, you know what? If you have these certain types of lifestyles or skin types, you know, we're just not going to make those right. Exactly. So that's that's the part where we see a lot of nuance mm-hmm. in this. But again, we're we're not about judging anybody's point of view. We're about creating options and making sure you find that, making sure you wear sunscreen. I think yes. that's our biggest <laughs> however you concern get it, about some of the noise out there now is that it's scaring people off from wearing sunscreen altogether. Yes, and that is a big problem. It is skin cancer is the most common cancer, yeah. sixteen times more common than breast cancer. Nobody should get that, right? One in five of us will. Mm. Let's try and change those numbers. I think it's like anything else in life. Not not a, natural can be a misnomer, misleading. Absolutely. You know, lead is natural. Like, probably don't want that. Right. So, yeah. you know, I think you just have to be aware. And we just try and be really open and honest. And, you know, we change things. Like, we, yeah. if, if we learn that we could do better, we've, we pull ingredients out of formulas if technology advances or sometimes you can't stabilize with certain things and all of a sudden there's a new preservative that's appropriate to use. So like it's an ongoing process. For us, the formula is never finished. And I think that's sort of a philosophy that's pretty rare. Um, Most of the time people are happy to be done with the formula and then just kind of keep selling it. And then keep figuring out a new way to market the same exact thing. Yes. There was an article in the New York Times recently, I'm sure you saw it, about like how certain topical sunscreens are being absorbed into Mm -hmm. blood. And the thing is, it was like one of those things. And I mean, the New York Times is far from clickbait, but bold headline. And then as you get to the end of the article, they say it's like such a small amount that it doesn't even make a difference. Yeah. I mean, and, and absorbing into your bloodstream isn't inherently bad. Right. Right. So my food absorbs into my bloodstream. Right. Right. So, you know, look, I think the ingredients they were talking about were the ones that we don't use. Yeah. So again, it's sort of a blanket statement about things that um, are much more nuanced. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, our concern was that it's going to scare people from using sunscreens. People, there is a sensationalism sometimes that comes up. Um, so we've tried to just be really proactive in our own media outreach. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate the opportunity to kind of clarify things sitting here with you and for your audience, because, yeah, you should be thoughtful about it. we We believe yeah. you should be thoughtful about what you put in the body. It's the origin story of our brand is is sort of bounded in this philosophy mm-hmm. of of making sure that sunscreen is clean so that you can use it every day. Yeah. So the difference between chemical and physical sunscreens, is it really just the mineralization? Well, there totally different active ingredients. Okay. So a mineral sunscreen is either zinc or titanium. Okay. And I've seen zinc being made. It actually starts as a metal strip that they put through a process and it comes out the other end, little white particles. And so those are formulated and those little particles sit on the surface of your skin. It's kind of like putting on a coat. Okay. the way I would uh, describe it to someone. Chemical sunscreen, different set of actives. Some of them we use. Others, as I said, we don't. We, right. don't, we don't think they're they're great for you. And those actually absorb into the skin and um, absorb the sun's light. Okay. So I don't know what, I don't have a great code analogy for that one, but they actually function differently. And that's why the clean chemical sunscreens are a lot better for a darker skin tone because right. they're actually not sitting on the surface of your skin. Right. So you're not seeing them the yes. same way. And because they're not white particles, they can be invisible in a formula, mm-hmm. whereas a mineral sunscreen, it's literally little white particles. So they are visible by yeah. definition, right? Yeah. And also the absorption versus sitting on the surface impacts your ability of your skin to breathe, which is, you know, again, if you're doing, if you're sweating a lot, 
doing outdoor activity, we would recommend a clean chemical formula. Okay. And you must have like a, a diverse team, or at least in the advertising and the mm-hmm. images that I see, I feel like there's a lot of like diversity and representation. Yeah. This whole conversation about like people with melanin and sunscreen, like did, how did that come up internally? And was it something that you guys were like specific in terms of your intention of like solving this for people with darker skin? Yeah. I mean, I we hear, you know, again, we sort of hear a lot from people and Holly spends a lot of time just talking to people about what they're using, why they, why or why they're not using it. And something that came up repeatedly was it doesn't blend in well. Yeah. So that was certainly part of the idea of having an invisible formula. Mm-hmm. And when you think about our purpose, you know, we say we want to change the way the world thinks about sunscreen. Yeah. Uh, that's world is pretty broad. Yes. Um, we're pretty ambitious, but it's, it's not about a specific age, gender, skin tone. It's about everybody. Again, we don't think one formula can solve for that. But over time, we really want to continue to build out Mm -hmm. our portfolio so that there's something for everyone. Yeah. Something that I've just learned about recently is clinical trials. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times clinical trials are not diverse. Like they don't have darker skinned women even included in the clinical trials. And then they're releasing a product that's for everyone. Yeah. Do you guys make sure that there's diversity in like the sample size that you use for your for your trials? Yeah. So what we do is highly regulated by a third party. So we're not doing it directly. Uh, Um, But I think that it's definitely and an SPF test is a very specific test. So it's a little bit different than clinical trials where you're looking at wrinkle reduction or dark Mm -hmm. spots. Those I think you have to be really careful about making sure you're because how the skin is going to react to some of those ingredients is important. But that is not something that we directly control. Nobody in the SPF um, mm. or, you know, you you don't you can't be involved, right? Because then there's some inherent bias in that. Sure. Um, so sense. there's just a few yeah. labs that conduct um, all those. Types. I mean, and to be fair, I know SPF is like technically it's considered like an over the counter over the counter medication, yeah. which is crazy. But um, I feel like that could that should be extended into more of skincare because some of the stuff that I'm seeing that are like claims, I feel like should be regulated by a third party. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. It is technically just people don't always follow all the rules. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's just um, a lot of gray in some of it. But it is, it is there are rules. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've worked in the big companies. There are rules about yes. what you can say. And, right. and a cosmetic inherently, the definition and the difference between a cosmetic and a drug is that a cosmetic should not make what are called structure function claims. So like mm. fundamentally, change, if anything is saying it's changing your DNA or this, the actual skin, mm-hmm. that's where the line is. You can change the appearance of something, and that's what you can do a trial and, and get proof points behind. Interesting. Um, but you can't actually change the skin, not not as a cosmetic. And that and that is a rule. <laughs> Interesting. Again, you know, not everybody follows it, but it is a rule. So saying like younger, more radiant skin. You can have younger looking skin, but, but your not, skin cannot yeah, fundamentally yeah. become Younger. Interesting. Interesting. And again, going back to LVMH, I'm sure that was an amazing education. Yeah, that's why I know all the rules, right? Yes. As big companies, you know, you big definitely have to follow um, those rules. Lots of, lots of lawyers who help, would help you understand. And look, I think it's I think it's really important. Uh, yeah. I think it's your responsibility as a brand to make sure that one is taking, you know, we take very seriously. We are the only brand that actually publishes our SPF results on mm. our website. You can go, you can download them, you can right. see for us, it's really not. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Any, there's no gray. Like you can't have somebody actually getting sun damage and using your product. But I think the end of the day, I think we all take very seriously that we would never want to misrepresent what a product can do for mm-hmm, somebody. Mm-hmm. And LVM, I mean, Fenty, which mm-hmm. was like 
talk about what was it called blue ocean blue ocean strategy yeah. like finding a, a lane where there yeah. isn't one as i looked more and more into fenty and then i saw it was an lvmh brand i was like oh of course that's how they've been able to scale at such a massive um yeah yeah it's know. part of a incub- i guess it's kind of an incubator yeah, within the company but like well well funded well backed i want to hear more about your kind of beauty faves because mm-hmm. sunscreen i'm sure is a big part of your yeah. skin routine but what what's what else is around it what are like Gosh, your favorite beauty products? Always trying something new. That's great <laughs> because I have a lot of friends in the industry, yeah. and so we do a lot of product swaps, which is really fun. So yeah, SPF or bust. Always, often trying like something that we haven't even launched yet. So uh, I'm always onto something new. But within Supergoop, definitely Super Screen, the moisturizer, and Defense Refresh, the setting spray you were talking about, were my two favorites. Your two faves. My Desert Island beauty product is mascara. I have blonde eyelashes and I look totally <laughs> bald without it. I'm really into Pat McGrath right now. Oh my She's gosh, fun. I'm dying I, to try what that. What an incredible brand. Talk about brands. Yes, you know, yes. DNA. It's I'm obsessed. And product quality. Just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so that one is definitely... Um, is it big, a good lengthening one? Yeah, I, re- I really like it. Are you I, wearing it now? I'm wearing it It looks now. great. Yeah, I'm wearing it now. So I'm, I'm always sort of I can't walk into a Sephora and not walk out with a bunch of stuff. Same. I'm like, Uh, it's dangerous dangerous how much beauty product I have. Uh, So that's definitely one that I love. And even though I'm not wearing lipstick right now, you don't work a Dior and not become a red lipstick. (laughs) Red lipstick person. Yeah, Yeah. totally. It's so mascara. It's really funny. I was just talking about this last week for the first time, I think, in my professional career since I've been working. I went to the office without mascara on. Mm. And it was only because I had gone, I went to Pilates and then to work and I forgot my makeup bag and I wasn't wearing mascara. And it was weird how even like before I got in the elevator, I was like, should I just run to a CVS and get missing? Of course, I went the whole day. No one noticed anything. No one thought anything. But it just becomes almost like reflexive, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the one where I don't recognize myself if I don't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and it also kind of made me realize like, wow, like you have gotten so accustomed to this that it's mm. almost impeding you from going into work today. But uh, I think the industry is a really fun one. And I've always believed that if you you feel better, you project yourself differently to the world. And Absolutely. it actually becomes an inherent positive. Probably don't need 20 tubes of something, but, you know, yeah. it's fun anyway. <laughs> it is fun. And what about beauty kind of trends that you see and you would just like love to go away? Ah, uh, gosh, that's a great one. I think in general, what I'm really excited to see in our industry is sort of this movement away from fix it to prevent it. I think mm. that, you know, when I grew up in the beauty industry, there was always something wrong, right? It was always, this is, you know, you've got wrinkles here, or this is sagging or whatever else it was. It was very negatively oriented, anti-aging, right? And I think we're we're shifting. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm happy to see that one changing. Yeah. Gosh, my other one, foundation that doesn't match, you know, yeah. you always want to kind of like go rub the side of somebody's skin. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. Not, like if you see like the see demarcation the line, and yeah, you're like, you know, that's just, not good. Fix uh, I think those would probably be my two. I know. It's not the two great, things. Yeah. I feel like tanning salons aren't popular anymore. Like people don't really go to tanning salons, but I feel like they're what, actually I still see it. More than you think they do, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. You still hear about it. And that, I mean, that causes oh, it's skin damage. So bad. So bad. Just my, if I can ask one thing of everyone listening is please don't do that. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's just like radiating UVA into your body. I mean, it's just so bad. It's almost remarkable to me that it's allowed. Yeah. Uh, and 
Also, I think that there's like this, I think that we need to embrace our like natural skin tone, right? On, yeah. on both sides. So I just saw, um, where did you go, Bernadette? Starring Kate Blanchett. Oh, she's, how was that? It was good. good. It was good. But she's gorgeous. And I mean, she's very fair mm-hmm. skin, but she has beautiful pale skin and like that's beautiful too so i feel like there's also like this movement towards people just embracing their absolutely natural coloring yep who you are i mean like i think that's again when you look at sort of the advertising or the marketing in our industry i mean it's so exciting to see i remember doing an exercise and an old job where we were trying to do something different and so we put every print magazine ad for skincare up on the wall and if you put your thumb over the logo and you didn't know which celebrity was representing what brand all the same oh my god all the same and i think that is what's so exciting about what's happening right now back to your comment on fenty i think rihanna led a lot of that i think that that was a pivotal moment in our industry of just people waking up and saying oh you're right yeah this is not about one point of view or one vision of what beauty is. And I think that's just, I think it's an amazing thing that's happening. Long overdue, uh, but glad that it's happening. Finally here. Finally here. Finally here. And also age, right? Like age representation Mm -hmm. is a huge thing as well. It's like all of these kind of moisturizers and things saying like, oh, you'll look younger. It's also shown on really young models. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I used to, you know, I casted for models a, a lot in my career and, you know, I worked at a brand before that was an anti-aging skincare brand or, you know, ageless. I, I actually this, wanted to um, change the world. Strivectin. My mom was and a huge fan. It's great, great product. And I was always like asking our creative director, I want to see models over 40. Mm. And it was hard yeah. to find them. And I had this funny rule that I was like, we will not cast somebody who's under 35. And I had to actually like lower that because wow. it just wasn't even that many available but it was amazing how much and i and i do think that that's evolving and and changing you see it in creative now and thank yeah. goodness that, well also good for you for speaking up because i think a lot of people necess- they may see these issues but they don't feel empowered to say something why do you think you've been is it just kind of that all girls school spence confidence maybe, like maybe um, you know I don't know. I think it's also some of the fun of being in young brands is mm-hmm. that I think a lot of times as a young brand, you have um, you can take more risks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's sort of the job of those brands to push the envelope. And I think those are the brands that have sort of started conversations mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. And I think, you know, I've always believed that if you're not going to do the right thing, then what are you doing? Yeah. So, you know, just trying to, you know, realize that you have a responsibility sure. and... Yeah, maybe it is suspense. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, for, so for young people that are listening that may work at a company and feel like, you know what, I don't like the way that we're approaching this, or I think mm-hmm. that we could be more thoughtful about this. What is a, a respectful way to raise that with maybe a more senior person, a manager? If, I if think it's something? all, everything in life to me is about delivery and how you do it. Mm-hmm. So I think it comes across very differently if you say, you know, hey, I'd really love to set up 15 minutes of your time and talk to, I have some thoughts on things. And like, there's nothing I love more than hearing from young people in our office because they may just see life in a different way than I'm going to totally. see versus calling someone out in a big meeting when you're mm. like a retailer, right? Like, yes. There's just different ways of doing it. So I yeah. think, I, I just think everything is in how you do it. And I think being genuinely curious mm-hmm. and and also being someone who's already respected in the organization, right? Mm. There's a time and a place for everything. And if yes. you're 
back to your point about, you know, hardworking and you're really showing that you're committed to the business and you come in with an idea that comes across again in a very positive light because of the person that's presenting the concept. Okay, you guys brought some goodies. I'd love to just go through them quickly. I'm really excited about this um, idea about eyeshadow mm. with SPF. Yes, because First of its kind. Yes. Okay. So I don't even know where to start. Okay, the shimmer shades. So what was the thinking behind adding SPF to eyeshadow? So, you know, if you actually think about the skin around your eyes, it's very thin and very sensitive. And most people actually, if you were to, there's some things that are called UV cameras where you can see where you've put on sunscreen. And usually there's a big circle around people's eyes because they're worried about sunscreen Getting, getting in their, their eyes, eyes and burning. Yeah. So we talk about it, you know, again, if you go back to our life philosophy, how do we get sunscreen onto people every single day? Your eyes and your eye are actually where up to 10% of skin cancer is found. So really? if you can imagine if you had to have something removed around your eye area, like that's not a good thing. So yeah. that was sort of the concept of like, how do we solve for that? And, you know, when you actually talk about how do I, how do I get sunscreen onto an eyelid it's got to be eyeshadow yes so that's uh, so smart i'm very intrigued by this this is one of the few super cute products i have not tried it's a sunscreen oil Oil. yeah so it leaves it's super hydrating leaves a really nice sheen on the skin uh i have learned from holly to use it like right as you get out of the shower when you're still your skin is still kind of wet wet and just absorbs right in and i think it's actually something that's a really good best practice for you know the bare leg days that you have one of the things that i learned that i was blown away by by we were with some doctors at memorial sloan kettering is that one of the fastest growing incidences of skin cancer is the back of legs of young women. And wow. if you think about it, we're all walking around all summer without sunscreen on our legs, right? We think, oh, I put it, even if I put it on my face. So this product has changed my behavior around like, okay, I get out of yes. the shower, I put that on. And, you know, wow, I am, I am missing the backs of my legs, though. Yeah. I mean, when they said that, oh I was like, that's scary, but makes total sense. Yeah. So like, that's another thing that we're really trying to we created a self-tanner with, with sunscreen in it because, again, Smart. like people, that scary moment where you take your tights off in, yeah. in March, you're like, oh, my goodness. Okay, so people often go to self-tanners, and so how do I get SPF into that? That's so smart. I, I've also learned very recently you're supposed to put SPF on the backs of your hands. Yeah, I mean, when you think about your eyes, your lips, your hands, those are some of the earliest places yeah. to show the signs of age, especially if you're a driver. That's why our hand cream sits right in the, you know, coffee mug holder oh, in, a, in a car. Um, it's definitely the backs of the hands, big one. And then you have my favorite, the unseen. Can't go home. Which can't leave home without it, right? I think, I've, I think I'm on like my eighth tube of this. I'm just absolutely <laughs> obsessed. You. Are you guys ever going to do like a pumps, like a, a massive You size? are not the first person to ask. Yeah. Uh, you're not okay. the first person to ask. Yeah. And then this, the stick, sticks are really good, I feel like, especially for like gym, like to, for me. Exactly. Gym. Easy to throw into a bag. Uh uh, we have people that use it as as their daily sunscreen. Oh, really? Uh, I use it more like I'm reapplying. I put it on my arm, sort of on your décolleté, I think yes. is the proper way to yeah. say it. But like these areas that are getting a lot of, and again, it leaves like a really nice glow sheen to your skin. Yes. So. Okay. Well, I feel like this is early Christmas for me. Thank Absolutely. you for, for bringing all the products. Um, can you talk a little bit about what's next for you guys? Are you thinking about yeah, even more things? Always. Innovation and product is sort of the lifeblood of what we do. And so we, we almost can't 
control ourselves. Sometimes we have so many ideas. Uh, so yeah, lot lots more innovation coming coming down the pike. Um, that'll always be the case, and you know, just kind of continuing to spread the message. Uh, I think we we have an important one, and Absolutely. one day at a time, and just kind of keep going. Great. And another thing that I feel like I've learned from from your site is this thing about the blue light from mm. phones yeah. and screens. We all have so much screen time now. And that's something that I just haven't even thought about. Yeah. I mean, I think when you think about it, light has a very broad spectrum. Yes. So what's coming from the sun is a nice chunk of it, but it's not all of it. And actually, right. the blue light spectrum is very significant. I think some of the research is still early on it. It's not as well substantiated mm-hmm. as some of um, some of what's in SPF and in sunscreen. But I think we we believe that if if you're protecting your skin, you need to think about the full spectrum of light, of which blue light is part of it, infrared, which is heat, mm-hmm. is part of it. And you know, again, we kind of always are trying to understand what's next. Mm-hmm. So it makes a lot of sense for us. And if you're using any of our products that are what we call our beauty base layers, so unseen sunscreen. Mm-hmm. You should be protected from all of that. Like right. you wouldn't want to layer on another product or anything like that. So SPF will always be the reason for being of this brand, but we really think much more broadly in terms of how am I protecting your skin. Mm-hmm. Are infrared saunas bad for your skin? Like, should you be wearing sunscreen in those? Are you familiar with these infrared um, saunas I'm everyone loves? I'm not, but given what I know about infrared, the answer is yes. Really? Yeah. What about like, you know, when you get a gel manicure and they put yeah. your hands in yeah, that, that light? Yeah, that, that light I think is not great. I yeah. probably would, I think at least you wear our hand cream. Yeah. Um, but my understanding is that like gel manicures are probably not the best thing for you, but I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't want to, I don't know enough yeah, about the science to say. detail. But I think sometimes they say it's not it weakens your nails, and I think the lights mm-hmm. are not great. Yeah, so. well, because I went to a place and they gave me gloves, fingerless gloves to put on when I put yeah. my hands on. I was like, ooh, if we're. If- well, I think that yeah, that's UV light that's coming. That's yeah, trying to, you know, so for sure. I mean, yeah. any light is damaging the skin. I mean, yeah. that's just kind of the reality. <laughs> of it. Okay, great. I'm sure you guys get this question a lot. Yeah, Super sure. Goop has nothing to do with Goop. No. Did you and Gwyneth graduate the same year? We did not. And I think what she's doing is super impressive. But totally um, different brand. But totally different. She was actually an early user of Supergoop. Yeah. yeah. And actually, the place in Sag Harbor where I saw Supergoop, it was at the Goop pop-up. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, I would say, brand friends. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. The last question that I ask all of my guests is, when do you feel most beautiful? Oh, goodness. Great question. Uh, I think a good blowout, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Having the hair on point uh, always Hair helps. helps. Yeah, I, th- I, don't, I don't know. That's a great question. I think good blowout, going somewhere that I'm excited about. I think usually the energy comes from inside uh, because you're excited about whatever it's going to be, whether it's family, friends, your job. I think it usually comes from something other than necessarily the outside. What you look so, like. Yeah. That's that's great. And I, I can tell how passionate you are about the work that you do. You. And also you're a mom. So I know that your like plate is full at all times, but it seems like you're really motivated to keep going because you really believe in, in this company. Yeah, I feel and the very mission. lucky to do what I do every day. So that's great. Well, thank you so much thank for coming you. on Thanks the show and me. sharing your wisdom. All right, guys, I'll be back next week with another episode. A 
Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.